yeah. So, so, uh, so it's the month of Scorsese. Yes. Um, and to uh, to get in the spirit of that, we've been watching some Scorsese, uh, and we will be watching more. I actually, I don't know about you, I'm trying to watch um, some of his that I haven't seen in a while too. Like it's been a few years since I've seen Departed. Mm. Um, Departed, seen other, a, Departed um, is amazing. Yeah, I need to it's rewatch that fun. one again. So there's definitely there's a few others that I want to rewatch too, um, along with the ones that I haven't seen yet, like the two we're talking about today. Um, yeah, or the three we're talking about today. We're talking about two and a half. <laughs> two and a half. Uh, yeah. We, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll be yeah. talking about three today. The Last Temptation of Christ, After Hours, and The Color Money. All eighties movies. Yes, they're all similar in that way. Eddie Scorsese. It is Scorsese. Um, uh, but yeah, have you seen anything else um, besides those uh, of note lately? Uh, my November had it's been a slow start, but uh, yeah, those are those are the only ones <laughs> of November <laughs> that I've watched are these three Scorsese movies. Yeah, slow start, but in at the end of October, I watched like six horror movies on Halloween. Um, After our Coppola episode, I watched Stalag 17. That's a Billy Wilder movie. Mm. Um, Yeah, you'd, you'd like it. It's, it's typical Wilder. (laughs) It's, it's comedic William Holden. And Mm -hmm. uh, it mainly takes place at, um, on a concentration, not a concentration camp, but a prisoner of war camp. Um, oh, okay. Kind of like makes a fun, good-hearted comedy about that. Mm-hmm. And then, so that, that I recommend that movie. And then on Halloween, I'll, I'll rattle off the ones I watched because there's five of them. Uh, the Blair Witch Halloween Prod. Bender. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That did nothing but, the, but this. <laughs> what you're about to hear <laughs> that day. Uh, the Blair Witch Project, Unfriended, You're Next, and then we ended the night uh, with Two Carpenters, The Thing, and Halloween. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's a good day. That is a good day. Good wow. Good day, yeah. And I, and I ha- um, happened to sneak The Great Pumpkin in there and a few Treehouse of Horrors. So. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're not going to like party on halloween <laughs> then i think i did it about as good as i could have done it yeah you might as well binge yeah all the halloween movies tv that you can yeah i definitely fit in some uh office bob's burgers halloween episodes in um yeah nice yeah. sounds like a really good halloween yeah it was and then uh yeah that that was it that was my month and i ended october good but yeah like we mentioned with November, I will be planning on we're doing a bunch of Scorsese shit and we're also also I will probably be doing a lot of extra work like John said. Uh <laughs> Yeah, like I have like I like I want to see the ones I haven't seen and rewatch some yeah. like Silence, I got to rewatch Silence. Um Yeah, Silence I still haven't seen. Yeah, so you know, I'm that. I'm doing whatever any great player does. I'm moving on for my great month and I'm good looking forward to the next one <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna That's tear right. it up even more in the <laughs> movie watching department 
Hell yeah, it's going to be a good month. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I haven't uh I haven't seen too much since uh since our last episode either. Um I also did the day before Halloween, I did rewatch Halloween. Um which is even better than I remember. Classic. <laughs> Great one. Um let's see. I also then a uh, new movie that I just saw was Jojo Rabbit, which yeah, uh, I feel like you've had to. Everyone's had to have seen the trailer for it like a thousand times. Yeah, everyone, yeah, Maybe everyone just me. knows about it very much. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, and it was uh, it was pretty good. It was good. It wasn't. Uh, I guess I had super high expectations for it since um, Taika Waititi's movies, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, and What We Do in the Shadows. Or I love both of those movies. What We Do in the Shadows is probably one of my favorites. Um, so I had very high expectations for it. Yes, it wasn't quite up to the same level as those, but still. Yeah, it didn't seem like really it would enjoyable. be in the trailer. Yeah, but it's mm-hmm. obviously it's an enjoy. Every movie he makes is enjoyable. So exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. I saw some people compare it to like Life Is Beautiful and Wes Anderson, mm. which I could see I those. Could see but I, yeah, but I think it still has its own sort of um, fun take on its style. Uh, Yep, exactly. Um, so yeah, I would recommend seeing that one, Jojo Rabbit, a good 2019 one. Uh, and then I think the only other one I want to highlight is uh, I watched a Preston Sturges movie um, called The Miracle of Morgan's Creek, um, which I absolutely loved. It was a super funny um, movie from 1943, um, super loose for the time too. It, I mean, the whole premise involves um a girl going to this party and then waking up the next day finding out she's married uh, and then ultimately <laughs> she is pregnant too um Holy so 19- shit. <laughs> 1943 standards that is like oh that is blasphemous um i've been meaning it, to get into yeah. more preston sturges ever since yeah, I, I would saw really recommend it the one <laughs> sullivan's travels yes 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 yeah ever since then also a great one. Um, yeah, Miracle Mor- Morgan's Creek was uh, actually super funny. Uh, I feel like I talk about this a lot when we talk about older movies, but it's like surprising to me when I see a movie from like the 30s or 40s and I actually like find it really funny. Yeah, like actually um, you're not sort yeah, of it's not like, semi-pretending to laugh at it. Yeah, right. It's not like, oh, this is like funny for the 40s. You know? like, yeah, it's it, really it almost, like getting you. It was. It had. I feel like similar humor to I would say like Monty Python, um, or something like that. So, uh, so yeah, Miracle of Morgan's Creek. I would definitely uh, recommend. But uh, other than that, yeah. Now I'm I'm starting to get on my Scorsese kick. Starting off with After Hours and The Last Temptation of Christ. Um. So. And of course, the color of money is one that I, I also plan on seeing, which I haven't seen yet. Uh, Do you want Luke me to has... talk about the color of money real quick? Yes, yeah, so let's talk about the color of money. I kind of want to I... talk about it just because you said you didn't watch it, so I'm like, yeah. I want to tell you about it now, you know? Because you yeah. don't... You don't know about the color of money like I do, John. <laughs> uh, yes, enlighten me. So the color of money, Newman Cruz. Scorsese, oh, it doesn't get any better. 1986. Name a better trio than that. <laughs> right. Um, it's also got Mary Elizabeth 
Monstrantonio, who is uh, what a name. Yes, who is in Scarface? She is Tony Montana's sister. Oh, okay. And uh, John Turturro as a side role. Uh, so basically, this film is pool hustling, pool <laughs> hustling film. Oh yeah. Uh, and Newman is a uh, old school hus. He's been hustling for you know for all these years, and he sees he's fast Eddie Felson. Yeah, and he <laughs> sees Cruz, an up and comer, and he takes him under his wing and. They go out hustling, and I think they go to sh- they they go on the road hustling. Actually, literally on the road to pool halls all over the country. Not really all, all over the country. I think they go to Chicago and they go to Chicago and Atlantic City. Um, and I rec- I think they went to Chicago because I recognize a street, uh, in Lincoln Park, like on North Lincoln. Oh, and I, there you I go. they went into a pool hall there. Little uh, of all the pods walking tour right there. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's an amazing idea. We should, yeah, we yeah. should rent a bus. <laughs> yes. Uh, there we go. Do a little tour. <laughs> Remember I said this? Yeah. It'll have that. <laughs> this snippet will edit it into a speaker where yes, I'll say yeah. that line. Yeah. Check it, uh, check it out on our YouTube page coming up. Right. So I definitely <laughs> liked the color of money. Uh, I didn't like everything about it, but it's very enjoyable. It's a very enjoyable, typical like master protege movie, but except mm-hmm. it, it's also directed by Martin Scorsese, so it's very well directed, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's got you know two. Of it's got two of like the coolest actors ever, and you know just playing pool <laughs> pool fanatics. It's pretty awesome in that um, regard. Uh, I think there's just certain as the story goes along, there's certain things I didn't like totally that didn't totally 100% work for me. So it wasn't, um, that maybe took me out of it in a certain way. Uh, that's, uh, well, mentioned it, it's hard to describe without giving it away, but, uh, mm. other than that, yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed this movie pretty much all the way through, uh, despite a couple small head scratches at plot gotcha yeah i think you'd like it a lot yeah 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 i've been wanting to see it um because it's it's weird because everything i've read is that it it really is like a sequel to the hustler which is an older paul newman movie with jackie gleason too but it's it's one where you can watch either of them without needing to see the other Mm. basically so yeah i could see that yeah he plays the same character oh okay I can see that. You know, he yeah. felt like almost like the character I had seen before, like it was being mm-hmm. not recycled, but re re. I, I can see that it was being redone mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Cause he goes on these monologues and he has like this low old voice and he's talking about, you know, his experience, <laughs> you know, and he goes Hustling. on these long voiceover monologues and you could tell you're like, Oh, this guy, this guy's lived a life. He knows a lot of things. Yeah. He's seen some pool halls. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's seen that dust on the old oh, pool halls. Oh, yeah. I think, didn't, uh, I'm pretty sure Paul Newman won an Oscar for this, and that might have been his only, his only Oscar. Did he? Did uh, he? I think, but don't, don't quote me on it. Um, it was kind of like a, uh, I mean, even though it was in the 80s, it was still, 
um, after peak Paul Newman, I guess you could yeah. say. So it was almost like he he's deserved an Oscar at some point. So let's give it to him. Here. Yeah, like Leo and the Revenant. Yep. Uh, where's the awards? Which is good because I think his last role was in Cars, and I don't think he would have gotten the same pity Oscar um, <laughs> after Cars. <laughs> I think it would have meant that's more. No if he, offense at all. I think it would have meant more if he won for cars. <laughs> yeah, well, I can't find it anywhere. IMDb. I think that's it. But IMDb sucks right now, so <laughs> But right right into of all the pods at gmail.com if if I'm wrong. Um but yeah, yeah, we, we, we don't have the time to look that up right now, Luke. Um yeah, so <laughs> that was that was the the first of the three movies we're going to do for this episode yeah, that, that I um, just didn't watch. Um, <laughs> so anyway, let's get into the ones that both of us saw then. Um, Cause I feel left out now. All right. So, yeah, definitely. We, let's uh, after hours. Or? Yeah. Let's jump into after hours. Um, 1985 Scorsese movie here. I'll read. Yeah. We're I'll just going, we're just going one year back. No big deal. Just rewind one year. And uh, let's see. A meek word processor in New York impulsively travels downtown to Soho for a date with an attractive but apparently disturbed young woman and finds himself trapped in a nightmarishly surreal vortex of improbable coincidences and farcical circumstances. Well, a lot of... uh, a lot of descriptive words there. Yeah, wow. Now I know what I saw. This was farcical. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. This is so I farcical. I felt so farcical during this. In this nightmarishly surreal vortex of a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So starring uh, Griffin Dunn, Rosanna Arquette, Verna Bloom, Tommy Chong, yes. and Cheech Martin also. Cheech and Chong, this yeah. a lot, as well as Ta- John Hurd. Macaulay Culkin's dad in the first and second both. Home Alone. I actually wrote that down. Both Home Alone parents were in this. Yes, yes. Uh, she, Catherine O'Hara uh, is yes, also in there. Yeah, she, yeah. Will Patton so, as well. In a way, this is like a prequel to Home Alone. <laughs> in a in a way, yeah. It's the conception <laughs> yeah. story. Yeah. Of bu- wow. of Buzz. So now now Home Alone really makes more sense to me after I've seen after hours and you can see the <laughs> the origin story of yeah yeah there were now you can see if if disney bought the rights to Chris, i understand christmas yeah like disney's doing all these uh star wars movies to tie in everything from the original trilogy now if they bought the home alone franchise <laughs> it has to buy they could do the same hours. thing <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> but uh yeah what do you think of uh, of after hours luke i liked it a lot um, nice. Ryan, have you me ever too. seen Bringing Out the Dead? No, I haven't. But after uh, I saw it reminded this, I me a little of list. Bringing Out the Dead in that it's kind of doesn't almost feel like a Scorsese movie, but it's like a a unique, like nighttime, dark, like cool Scorsese movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Bringing Out the Dead's awesome. It's actually probably one of my. It's in my top ten Scorsese's for sure. Um, and I like this one a lot too. Um, it's like a dark comedy, um, but kind of with a little like artsy touch, artsy touch, and just like masterfully directed. Um, at yep. the same time, uh, I could see this being almost like a, um, 
comedy directors, like a Harold Ramis, John Hughes thing, totally. and like with like a yes. lighter, with like a much lighter style. Mm-hmm. But it's got a very dark style because it's Scorsese, you know, and yep. So it's cool. So I thought that was cool because of that. Um, because it is a really, in a way, a kind of basic, uh, comedy like comedy story. You know, just shit keeps happening. <laughs> bad, you know, just yep. like bad to this guy uh, who's just like stuck at his job. And uh, yeah, I just thought that Scorsese put like a whole new uh, spin on something like this. Yeah, you know, like actually, an office I... space type thing, almost. You know, right? Yeah, he's uh, this miserable um word processor yeah job you don't hear about too much uh anymore and yeah just he wants to i guess actually do something yeah his life he has yeah i think it's a lot about like breaking out like if you know like a lot of the characters are that's what they're attempting to do they're trying to break out of like a cycle or something of that sort exactly yeah and i could i actually had that same thought that i could see uh maybe like a goofier version of this by like John Landis or uh, mm-hmm. um, sort of the same feel as uh, like a Ghostbusters or yeah. um, Stripes, you know, one of those typical 80s mm-hmm. movies with Bill Murray or Harold Ramis, whatever. But uh, yeah, and it's definitely um, it's definitely got Scorsese feel to it, but also much more of a comedy than uh, than the rest of his movies. Yeah, like um, where it's really going for it. Mm-hmm. straight like a straight up comedy yeah i'd say it's maybe the most comedic in that sense and just how it actually is trying to tell jokes a lot of the times and be yeah. in it advertently funny you know yeah yeah exactly and uh and uh griffin dunn is really sort of a, a pathetic guy in a way uh, he's almost relatable in in the sense that he just he doesn't really know what to uh, you know what to, he knows he needs to do something but doesn't know what it what it is I guess really with his life and so he he decides to do this and it just takes him on this journey almost into like another world yes um, <laughs> it's yeah it, it almost felt like uh, I was reading something about how Scorsese thought it was perfect that it was in Soho um, because you know after hours in Soho, it's usually dead. You know, there's not mm-hmm. anything going on. Um, I don't know if I've ever actually been to Soho in New York, so I couldn't really tell that, but I could see that. It seemed it seemed really like outside of the characters involved with the story, nothing was going on. Exactly. So that he was almost trained. He almost because you know, he went just down kept connect- rabbit hole. He's kept, kept connecting with so many different people. Yeah. Yeah. He's wow. went down this yeah. rabbit hole of the only people that were awake at yeah. this time. Wow. And doing yeah. Something. That's a. Yeah. It's a very good insight, John. It makes me like the movie more right now. <laughs> I'm like, wow, <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole other dimension to looking at it. Yeah. And something else, I, I didn't think about this when I was watching it, but I also read that um, at one point, Tim Burton was slated to okay. yeah, direct I can see this. That. Exactly. Yeah. But then, um, actually, another movie we were talking about today, The Last Temptation of Christ, got pushed back. So then. Scorsese ended up taking it um, uh, in place of Last Temptation of Christ for a little bit, and uh, I could I could also see someone like Tim Burton directing a similar similarly styled uh, movie like this too. Definitely, he would um, have fun with those uh, sculpture scenes. Yes, yes, 
And it also, I don't know, I, I once I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, kind of, in a way, reminds me of something like Beetlejuice, um, too. Mm, yeah, still haven't seen that. Oh, yeah. Well, let, well, that's a good one for another episode. But, uh, yeah, that also has Catherine O'Hara in it. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, After Hours, definitely a good, dark comedy. Um, but a, a really fun watch, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That- it's... Uh, it's got all the whenever Cheech and Shang just show up as like the guys in the van. You're always like, oh yes. yeah, they're they're here. Yeah, and he's like trapped in paper mache. Um, that's guy's paper mache. It's and he's just yeah, he's he's basically stuck. It's just all these funny little scenarios with just the weirdest people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, where it's it seems like he's kind of an oddball loner type guy. But then he gets thrown into all these situations with the weirdest people, and he's yeah, he's clearly and the him most and the bartenders just have the weirdest exchanges <laughs> yeah. ever. They really do. Yes. Yeah, yeah. John Hurt's character. Uh, yeah, I know. I I actually really uh, really enjoyed After Hours. Definitely different than uh, any Scorsese movie that I've seen. You know, yeah. there are definitely some of his earlier ones that I haven't seen yet. But uh, yeah, when when I first think of Scorsese, I just think of gangster movies mm-hmm. you know de niro or uh you know pacino and uh this is definitely a nice um sort of left turn yeah uh, from those type of movies so uh, yeah yeah i definitely recommend checking out bringing out the dead i wrote that one down it's yeah super I, was, uh, it's I super thought that was awesome. also written by paul schrader yeah. who wrote last temptation of christ taxi driver raging bull yeah um, bring out the dead really feels like a paul schrader like movie like something he would actually make but it was just it's just another scorsese movie <laughs> cool yeah okay that one's on my list then bring out the dead that's nick cage isn't it yeah nick cage yeah it's awesome Sweet. all right uh well yeah well maybe we'll take a quick break now and then uh, after the break, we'll we'll get back into Scorsese with the Last Temptation of Christ. Jesus, and we're back. And on the third day, the podcast goes again <laughs> from the ad break. The Last Temptation of Christ. The Last Temptation of Christ is a nineteen eighty eight. Yep movie from martin scorsese um the life of jesus christ his journey through life as he faces the struggles all humans do and his final temptation on the cross that's probably the most uh maybe most important movie we've ever covered (laughs) (laughs) really yeah It, it, it definitely just like in the in this in the with the wide if you're looking for the widest scope possible <laughs> it's probably the most important <laughs> movie we've covered actually yeah that's a good point yeah it's uh it's a different movie than i thought it was gonna be um i didn't know much about much about this and just seeing what it's about uh, and hearing the name i'm just like okay i've been to sunday school i know the story What's what's new here, Scorsese? Right. You know, and then uh, yeah, then you see it, and it's like, oh, this isn't exactly what I expected. Um, and it is, yeah, it is an important, uh, much more important 
story about humans. Yes. Um, I guess it's not. It's not really just a, a biopic. Yeah, it's, on, yeah, on it's Jesus, not so really. much like Jesus preaching always. It's more so like exploring Jesus and as a man and there mm-hmm. and like as an actual like person. Um, yes, as a human being rather than a superhero. Yeah, or someone that everyone's like mm-hmm. all constantly like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Always looking up at there him. He is. Jesus there is always he correcting is. everybody. Yeah. Yeah, they're just walking through the streets and everybody's like, oh my God, it's Jesus. And then he's like, hello, yes, I am Jesus. <laughs> you know, doing his Jesus stuff. Yes, I am Jesus. Come with me just or be. Miracles. <laughs> or be ashamed. And people are like, My dad oh. says you got to come with me. My dad says you got to come <laughs> oh, <okay>. with me. <laughs> hey, follow me and, and shit, okay? Um, but yeah, it is uh, it is a story about Christ, which everyone, not everyone, but is fairly well known in the Western world, uh, the story of Jesus. But it has another look at it, um, sort of a, another spin on it. Yeah. And that, um, I guess it's kind of a twist that I don't know if I want to give away because that made it, it made it more enjoyable for me when I saw it the first time. But, um, yeah, I I, guess he's, he's tempted in other ways. I don't think we uh, need to hold back on giving this away because I think it's kind of known about the, the movie. Like it's, it's in, I guess that is true. For instance, it's in the letterbox description. Okay. Well, that's fair um, enough then. And it, it was we can, uh, we by can a lot get of people to that. because it's straight yes, from the yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. So it's it, the movie's prefaced with a quote from an author uh, who wrote the the author who wrote this book, Nikos Kazantzakis. <laughs> ah, yes. Oh man, names. Um, and it basically describes that this is not like the an actual like reenactment or anything. It's like a fictional portrayal based off the book, kind of to show, um, kind of show Jesus as a like symbol for man and kind of his own uh, his own temptation and his own like his own uh, his own um, problems with just his. Uh, being who he is, <laughs> being who he is. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Identity issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. Starring Willem Dafoe as Jesus. Um, but yeah, like uh, like you just mentioned there, I always I always thought it would be interesting if uh, yeah, what if Jesus was like a punk kid and he's like, you know, not wanting to go into the family business and uh, just didn't. Uh, yeah, just I didn't feel like he was, um, I guess, capable of, of fulfilling whatever, you know, prophecy he was supposed to as like this Messiah. Um, yeah, yeah, like in this, Jesus actually almost, has like wants, like a person, you know, like yes. actually he's like, you know, like I, anyone could, does. I could just like have like <laughs> exist like everyone else and not like risk everything to save the world and not do all you know marry the woman i love Mm -hmm. all this stuff which is brings a lot of interesting pathos to jesus which is not normally there because usually jesus is kind of a uh a fucking (laughs) um pretentious guy (laughs) 
Yeah. Like, it's like he always says and does the right thing. Yeah, he can he's yeah. always perfect. Really makes no mistake. In this he's very imperfect. He he one he questions even like his own um doing, whether it's even God's will, you know, that like mm-hmm. he just kind of they kind of characterize him that he acts on his impulses like everyone else, but he believes it's God's will, so but at times he even questions whether it's God's will or not, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he even, I, he makes, well, a lot of when he questions it is, is he makes what seems to be mistakes in his eyes as, you know, telling like the poor, uh, helping out the poor and everything and, and encouraging them. And then, you know, they turn out to start to, at least death, you know, them murdering the rich. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. He, like he, he almost and, like, and he's, he's like, thinking well, about this inc- inciting a riot at one point to, mm-hmm. to, uh, to, so he doesn't have to uh, deal with crucifixion, which is a pretty vulnerable moment. Uh, Cause he's show, he's just trying to get out of all his problems in that. And then he just kind of runs, he incites this riot and then kind of runs off realizing that yeah. he's got to deal with what he's got to deal with. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So it's just throughout all, throughout all of that and just questioning, uh, all the, the things that he feels he's, he's supposed to be doing and then ultimately makes, uh, human mistakes mm-hmm. and, and falls into human temptation throughout like, uh, any human would throughout. Yeah. Yeah. There's a scene mm-hmm. where he like waits so, in by Mary Magdalene all day as she's like yeah. having sex with everyone because <laughs> she's a mm-hmm. hooker. Yeah. So he just kind of waits. They kind of gloss over that fact. Yeah. They gloss over that fact in uh, in the Bible. Um, but yeah, he's definitely not a yeah because the whole point of Jesus is that he's the in in a way God and in, in human form. When in the the essence of the Bible stories is. He, in no way, very little ways, acts like a human. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was a super interesting yeah. take on it. Uh, and um, interesting, all the the flack it got from um, Christian groups. Yeah, when I it mean, came out. I can see that very much so. Yeah, and even even leading one group to burning down a movie theater that showed I think, it. I think what's Europe. cool about this is it... I think anyone, no matter what religion you are, can watch it and get something out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, it's just it's it's really a straight character study. It's just not a religious film. It's not a religious. It's obviously about Catholicism, but it's not like shoving it in down your throat. It's not trying to do that in any way mm-hmm. at all. It's kind of present. It's it has like a take on what Catholicism is. A very, a very mm-hmm. interesting one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I thought this definitely. movie was actually like awesome. I thought, um, oh, I, I thought did it too. was uh, one of Scorsese's best. Oh, I really, I, uh, I really loved Last Temptation of Christ. That's why it, uh, it blew my expectations out of the water a little bit because I really didn't know much of anything about it. I knew that there were protests. Um, about it and all of that, right? But yeah, I kind of went into it thinking this is gonna be this is gonna be weird because it's a uh, it's a Jesus movie, and I'm just like, yeah, 
you know, <laughs> getting getting high at at home. <laughs> I'm like, all right, time to watch the Jesus movie. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, I, it's it was very spiritual throughout and just very moving throughout. And it really, I thought the two hour and forty four minute runtime, uh, it called for all of it. I don't think there's. I think I thought every scene was necessary into making it Makes what sense, it yeah. is. Um, I just say, yeah, I really, I grew up with a lot of, uh, watching a lot of, um, Bible reenactment stuff. Cause I went to a Catholic school growing up. So I've seen these mm-hmm. stories a lot. And this for me was like, especially, uh, especially since I like wavered from being Catholic, like this was a very fresh, uh, take on like one of the biggest Christian Catholic tales there is the biggest one there is like the one. Yes, definitely. <laughs> you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. the, it's the thing. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I just thought it was so refreshing and so um, moving and interesting. And it felt very personal for Scorsese. Um, yes. And I, yeah. I think I, I actually think I heard him once say that the last temptation of Christ was one of his most personal movies where he put like, so much into it really um yeah yeah hey, well, listening to him talk about it too he's spent you know years trying to make mm-hmm. it and it, and, it, and this is an epic too back. so you can see how it takes yes. so long to make because it's long and there's there's effortless um to set like design set design and like costume like you really just get immersed in the bible world mm-hmm. the new testament world and Yet, yet it, it's like doing its, uh, its, its, um, it's unusual telling this. It's un doing this unusual take at the same time. Uh, yeah, like mm-hmm. kind of do it, telling it non-linearly almost, and yeah. And there's a uh, there's another moment that stuck out to me is when uh, I think it's Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah, he's uh, Saul. Is, uh, Saul. Yes, and he's. And you know, and Jesus approaches him and uh, tells him to stop spreading lies about him. And uh, basically, it's ultimately him saying that it, it doesn't matter, you know, what all is true necessarily of the story. You know that that Jesus is this um, this perfect being that never does any wrong, because what matters is the story and and the, the lesson to be learned from it in a way too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's even cause I think um, I read up a little bit that it, it might be saying that um, while the gospels, they kind of waver in some of the, the facts um, between all four of them and basically saying that, you know, each specific fact doesn't really mean all that much. It's really the lesson to be learned from the overall story from mm-hmm. it. Um, and yeah. And, uh, yeah, I thought that was a, definitely a powerful scene too. Um, funny seeing Harry Dean Stanton yeah. in that role. Uh, another thing I found I just found funny was that occasionally you you would hear like a New York accent <laughs> uh, slip out a little bit, yeah. which is always yeah, funny. like uh, one of the apostles yeah. was totally a a a Guido, and you're just yeah. like, all right, yeah. all right, you get. And I, I would have loved to see one of them just be like way over the top. Like, hey, as Jesus. good as this movie was, there are times where you're just like, all right, they're all, come on, they're all white. 
<laughs> yeah, they're all like from every, like the Bronx every or... last one of yeah, every yeah. last one of them's a New Yorker here. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the, at the same time the acting is like so good that you're just like it's yeah. fine, you know. Every everyone is so good in it, especially Willem Dafoe. Totally, Willem yeah. Dafoe is incredible in this movie. <laughs> mm. He's great. Yeah. He's and he's um yeah, it, I guess it, it was weird to just see everyone as everyone's, you know, these white guys and then Harvey Keitel. It's it was weird at first seeing Harvey Keitel in a role like this. Um, yeah. seeing him in you know Tarantino and uh, and Scorsese movies, but ultimately once I guess once you get over that familiarity, then uh, yeah, he was yeah. he was obviously great. He was it. great, uh, and yeah, it was a different take on I guess Judas the character of Judas that which I thought was way more interesting because um, yes, if you ever watch other uh, Jesus material, Judas is always like. You know, kind of like a the slimy dude slinking around the back who get never gets yeah. any respect and never understands anything. And like Fredo, like you, yeah, like you know he's gonna betray you or fuck up or some way the whole time. It's just so obvious. And then when he does, he's like, he's like the worst guy ever. And then afterwards, he's like, "What have I done?" And it's just like, yeah. it's just kind of it's. it's just not yeah it's just kind of dumb and but this he, it, mm-hmm. it kind of makes more sense why judas is around gives like a purpose to him you know that like yes. he's the guy who believed him in him in the first place and he like the apostles don't just like a lot of them don't like sit around in this too a lot of his followers a lot of them actually have like ideas and are really like um advising jesus at a lot of the times where he's really struggling <laughs> to deal with all the stress of his uh life and um which which i liked a lot too it just felt more real you know felt more organic yeah totally yeah it it definitely it made it made the whole bible story feel less of a fairy tale um and, and more of something that you could you could see happening i guess uh which sounds weird but but also kind of like we talked about is that it's overarching it's a it's a character study Mm -hmm. using this um you know this already well-known story and putting its own twist on it yeah um so yeah i guess the the more important thing is just the human element of of purpose and uh and temptation and yeah no it's uh it's definitely one that i i wasn't expecting to want to rewatch because of the runtime uh, but after seeing it, I, I definitely there's so much more to I guess. Yeah, there, there and, is uh, a lot. There is a lot to unpack. See, yeah. The I like the uh, ending a lot. Um, I like how. Mm-hmm. So spoilers. Uh, Jesus, when he's on the cross, gets tempted one last time. Hence the title. Yes. Decides <laughs> to you know sees what it would you know he's. Uh, He's got powers, right? So he can see, he's able to see visions in an almost, uh, almost like a, <laughs> in like a psychedelic <laughs> drug sort of way. Yeah. He can just yeah, go down that, he can just go down that path whenever, mm-hmm. you know, spur of the moment. So he sees what his life would be like if he just gave up all this, basically became mortal, um, didn't go down the road he's supposed to as the Messiah. Um, it's almost kind of like uh, a, like um, like Scrooge and oh yeah, Scrooge and all that. Yeah, that, 
I forgot what the title of that was. <laughs> Scrooge. The, the, uh, uh, oh, a uh, Christmas story. Okay, no. I. Wait, no, no, that's not it. That's the Christmas Carol. Christmas, Christmas Carol. Carol. Yeah. I was about to say Christmas Story, and I knew it wasn't it, so that's why I didn't. Yeah, Jesus pulls out Scrooge. the Red Rider BB gun and stuff. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's on the and cross. He, the... he realizes. Yeah, Judas gives I, him the leg lamp. If only I had a baby gun to shoot myself <laughs> in the face. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. so, anyways, he imagines what his life would be like with Mary Magdalene. And his life just ends up being mm-hmm. very depressing. And because he didn't fulfill the purpose he was supposed to, and he's realizing that he's really just taking another temptation from the devil. Um, mm-hmm. And it's this kind of really cool mystical um, sequence where he's with this young uh, girl angel who's showing him the way, but she turned basically, I think she turns out to be Satan. Yep. Um, but she's kind of just showing him the way in the gateway of this new life. She's kind of making, she's deceiving him in, in the, like, as you would see in any, a lot of the Old Testament stories where, um, like, the devil or someone's, like, posing as someone and lying to um, the hero, the heroes in the story and getting them to do something that God wouldn't want to do. It's a very, uh, yeah, it's very uh, biblical. Um and so then at the end, Jesus realizes that um, he really he wants to be the Messiah. He wants to do this. And it's kind of just like it's almost like a really intense him contemplating his decision in his head. And really, um, real like almost, you know, like through this sequence, you're really able to understand the sacrifice that he's going through. Because in a way, because you see him think through the rest of his entire life, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. what he's giving up. Um, yeah and so i think that it makes the end like like and and what's also cool about this film it just shows him die uh he doesn't it doesn't show him rise the next day it shows him die which i like i I like how it just leaves it at death and makes it just the fact that this guy died is like beautiful in its own way just because of what he's actually giving up and what he believes in um and so anyway, it's not saying that he's the Messiah um, because mm-hmm. like it's not actually confirming or not really because it it doesn't show the next day, which I which it, it's, it's just kinda, better. It's leaving it's it better. leaving it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's way rather better than, to leave it there rather than uh, I guess over trying to over explain or analyze um, any of any of that. It's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a uh, great sort of ambiguous ending but uh also um relieving um ending you know or, or you can see the relief on his face that he mm-hmm. yeah. uh, anyway feels like yeah, he, he, legit he fulfilled looks, himself he looks he legit looks joyful in that last yeah. scene yeah mm-hmm. yeah and it, it definitely has a uh, a christmas carol vibe when he's <laughs> yeah like he's with the ghost of christmas past right. seeing seeing what happens because of uh, of his actions um, and then ultimately begging for forgiveness. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's one that, uh, I've definitely kept thinking about after I've seen it, after I've seen, since I've seen it. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Very fulfilling watch. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, like I said too, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't super sure how much I would like it just because, 
I felt it was just going to be a, sort of a by the books historical biopic of, of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's much more than that. It's definitely yeah, it's definitely no a passion of the Christ. Yes, yeah, that one. That one is much more of a uh, uh, by the books, uh, by the books biopic. And I actually also read that Mel Gibson was almost cast as Jesus for this <laughs> too. So <laughs> I guess Man, Passion of the Christ was I his. Would not response. have been as good. No, 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 not yeah. Willem Dafoe was uh, was actually amazing in this. Well, yeah, he was able to show a lot of things that Mel Gibson would not have been able to touch. No, yeah. Um, but yeah, I also. Um, <laughs> I also, uh, it's funny you mentioned you watched Three House Wars earlier because I, uh, I watched The Last Temptation of, of Homer to oh, prepare for this yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, yeah, which, which is a great Simpsons episode uh, where he also he goes through seeing what life would be like if he didn't end up with Marge. Um, so yeah, yeah it's, a good it's episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I watched, a good, uh, uh, I watched The Treehouse of Horror. Um, where they do Coppola's Dracula. Oh, um, which yeah, was, they... and so it was like two days after we watched and talked about Coppola's Dracula. Dracula so like, it was hilarious. And Mr. Burns is like a vampire. Right? Yeah. And he's got yes. the, the Gary Oldman, uh, like Forgot twisty head one. thing, twisty hair thing. Yeah. Same look. Yeah. Yep. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. Last temptation of Christ. Uh, a must-watch for any anyone, um, I guess, wanting to check out more Scorsese than just yeah. just the the standards, I guess, or just the gangster. Yeah, films. I actually put this one um, like above Raging Bull, uh, oh, above dang, Raging wow. Bull, and after The Departed in my ranking. Wow, so that's yeah, it's like a top five. Mm-hmm. Scorsese, yeah, I put it in high, well. put it in high esteem. I definitely, I think that it's one that I probably like more and more the more I watch it. It's, I don't when I when I think about ranking Scorsese, it's hard. Yeah, it's very to, hard. Ah, yeah, because uh, it, it's it's so good. I mean, if you did like a top ten Scorsese's, I mean, 10. I think a lot of the reasons I'm putting there is to like mix up the list. You know, yeah. like showing the versatility rather mm-hmm. than just putting all the crime films right yeah. you know in the top 10 like i i really like mixing up the list and the thing with him is that if you do a top 10 list the 10th movie on that list will still be an amazing movie that you probably love most likely so exactly um yeah anyway like i think mine uh, is like casino or something like that and hmm. casino i've seen like a shit ton <laughs> <laughs> Another long one. Yeah, but, uh, it's literally yeah. my 10 is Casino. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then on my 11 is Mean Streets. Yeah, that says a lot. Um, but yeah, as we uh, as we lead up to The Irishman, which um, comes out very soon this month, uh, we're going to keep keep on the Scorsese train. Yep, more Scorsese. Uh, we'll, be, I, we'll be talking about some uh, Scorsese... Uh, I guess influences as well, or movies yeah. that influence Scorsese. Um, Cause he like Tarantino, we did earlier before uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, a film, also a, a film encyclopedia. Yes. People have said nerd. about Marty. 
yeah so we'll be diving more into those and uh yeah and then uh, i'm sure once we see the irishman we'll have uh plenty to talk we'll, about we'll, we'll have a take yes we will have can't a take. wait for that yes that's a, that's another long one but it's gonna be uh yeah it's gonna be worth every it's minute it's gonna of be that. great every minute of my attention span yep <laughs> um all right well that's that's the episode that's it. this week